episode 105, Tongue Tie Surgery, Mercury Free, No Root Canals. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we're Dr. Alan Sprinkles Perspective. Join 2017 and 2018 Podcast Awards nominated host as we get a behind the curtain look at all types of doctors and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Hey everybody, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, I hope you're doing it fantastic with friends, family, and loved ones. Did Santa pass? By the way, gonna head back to America in five days, gonna hang out with my parents, my dad's got a retirement party that's gonna be fun, everybody wants to see the new baby, the new Asian Cajun, so we'll be happy to show her off and all her cuteness. Alright, today's show, we have an amazing dentist, 74 years young, doesn't plan to retire, we're gonna go through a whole bunch of his backstory. We're going to find out why he became a mercury-free dentist. What's the deal with root canals? How can they be toxic to the body, if at all? And the big part that we cover is about tongue tie surgery, you know, the frenulum. Uh, We even go through a checklist. If you're a chiropractor, physical therapist, occupational therapist, speech pathologist, whatever, you can learn during your exam if they're having headaches, if they're not sleeping good, if they're mouth breather. You can find out, okay, do this, this, and this. Oh, maybe you have this issue. Maybe you should go see a dentist from the Breathe Institute that can do this surgery and uh, potentially take care of this issue that you're having. A little caveat for this episode, he was using a microphone, but the sound quality still wasn't that great. So just kind of bear with it. He's got a lot of good information. He's a fantastic storyteller. In fact, when we started recording, I don't have my normal intro. We just were were having our pre-chat and I was kind of talking about what we're going to talk about and he started answering it. And I was like, you know what, Justin, let him talk. He's already on a roll. He's already giving great information. No point stopping him and all this stuff. So yeah, it was kind of fun. I just kind of rolled with it. Uh, Dr. Sprinkle, you did a great job. So tune in. I think you're going to love it. We also are going to have a guest later, myofunctional therapy. He mentions it and there's a whole class of specialists that do this. So that'll be either next week or uh, a couple weeks after that. All right. Let's learn about some frenuloplasty. All the show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash 105. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. You got some really cool things. The, the, the tongue tie stuff I think is going to be a great uh, true denta. I'm not sure what that is, but that's why I got you on the show. Uh, true denta is a, just a technique diagnosis and treatment for bite disturbances, but it's I felt like it. I use it because it's got such a good trade name, and I want to do everything, of course, stuff. But um, there's an even more detailed uh, procedure, and it's more involved. It's called disclusion time reduction (DTR). It was developed by a Dr. Robert Kirstein, prosthodontist in uh, Boston, uh-huh. who was in graduate school. And uh, this thing came out called D-Scan. And the D-Scan was first developed, oddly, for dentistry. Now he used those cones of nuclear missiles and all kinds of weird stuff. And, you know, you go to the drugstore here in the States and you see a Dr. Scholl's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it, they got a thing you can stand on and it shows you the pressure of your feet. Well, that's all developed by the tech scan company, the T-Scan. But what T-Scan does is this thin mylar sheet that is shaped like the arch of your mouth. And uh, it's attached to the computer. And 
put it in the patient's mouth and have them closed on it, then reads the pressure between the teeth every three thousandths of a second as they close into their most uh, comfortable bite. And it lets you see where the pressures are, right, left, front, back, which tooth is hammered, which teeth are not in conclusion. It's just a great piece of technology. The odd thing is, it's not all that for dental, but yet less than 2% of dentists in the United States use it or have it. It's just crazy. It's mainly because I think of a bunch of the TOJ dental gurus who are out there who've been lecturing for years, this huge following, that they don't like it because it kind of blows their, you know, it's measurable, it's reproducible like that, I think, because it shows that what they're doing is kind of hocus pocus. Ah, and it sounds like it'd be like a braces type of thing, like if you found out you got a really crazy bite or something, you can get braces to fix everything, or am I off well, base on that? Yeah, that it's more about trying to. I mean, in some cases, the bites are so horrific you do they do need to have braces. The uh, technique where you just go in and which of the bad bites are caused by us dentists because of a cramp we put in that's too high or it's too low that shifts the balance of the bite, which then shifts the dynamics of the teeth and chew, and so that stresses the lateral limbs and movements and causes causes the dentist to get things like that. So they could try to level that by taking down a little structure on a crown or maybe a little bit on a tooth because the thing about your teeth, especially your posterior teeth, is that, you know, all the sensory impulses we get through our skin, you know, from touch, proprioception, is sensory nerves, which all comes to the spine before it gets to your brain. Weird thing about your posterior teeth that there are peripheral sensory nerves in the periodontal ligaments that connect your teeth to the bone. And when you have too much friction on your posterior teeth because they drag against each other when you're chewing, that creates a hyper-reactive impulse that goes straight to your brain and go to your spinous. Your brain goes straight to the trigeminal motor nucleus muscles of mastication and comes hyperactive, so you clench and grind even more. It becomes this vicious cycle. Oh. And so what this is trying to pour that frail component to erase that, either taking down a little bit of a crown or a filling or a little bit of enamel, and you're used to doing it where the enamel is the thickest, or you're using it by up teeth that have come into contact enough. And, uh, really quite traumatic, but uh, with this stuff with the tongue, well, let me back up a second. There's a thing that we did call, uh, they are the clinical neurotics, meaning these people are like the princess and the pinky. Their nervous system is so jacked up because of their bite. Anything between and, and you pretty much I mean, your back can pull a difference in a thousandth of an inch or detail a difference in one or ten thousandth of an inch. But people, because their nervous system is on hyper alert, in the nervous by any small thing can just get them all checked. Wow. And what's interesting, you get their tongue, it calms their sympathetics down, and they don't even notice it anymore. So the whole thing about the tongue really goes back to uh, the fetus because you know you start swallowing and sucking like the in that tongue is 
swallow and suck, you're putting that tongue up into your palate, but if they can't get into your palate properly or can't get there very well, then you end up having a very narrow palate, very narrow arch, lower arch, or a long or short arch. You have different growth possibilities because of the position of your tongue. They really determine to have a decent bite or not. And are you going to have a decent nasal airway? Because if your upper arch is narrow because your palate hasn't been able to get up there properly, that roof of your mouth is very pyramid-shaped, V-shaped. And what that does, it makes the floor of your nose very narrow. So you have a very restricted nasal airway. You're more prone to be a mouth breather. When you're a mouth breather, you have more problems with your infections because you're breathing through your mouth. Your tonsils get infected. Your tonsils are real close to your eustachian tubes. You know, when little kids <clears throat> get ear infections on some because as they grow, the eustachian tube drops down to where it drains. The, the most proximal end of the eustachian tube gets lower as you get older, so you're able to drain through your ears. But as you look at your eustachian tube is kind of parallel to the horizon, and uh, it doesn't drain well well. And so you get more problems with ear infections and things like that. And so the whole thing is that is, the way I see it was, as a friend of mine who's a chiropractor up in Denver, Alan Berger, I don't know if you ever knew Alan when you were practicing in Colorado. Really mm. and he he always says this for myself consensus and that phrase that's where I tell myself the story I tell myself is that can't get up into your palate and the way I tell my patients it's so low and I use my left hand and I like a little duck bill where my face I touch my thumb pad almost and I, my hand is real flat and I say you know when your tongue sits down in the floor of your mouth and you, you can't get up that's the longest your tongue the tip of your tongue on your teeth to back but if it's up and forward in your palate that moves the back of your tongue forward and that opens your airway but if your autonomic sense that your airway wouldn't compromise your synthetic so in fact your bugs say stuff in a sock down in your throat it snows you need to breathe but that do it's a little jolt of adrenaline because adrenaline's a respiratory stimulant and that helps you breathe so to help you breathe more, it'll tell you your body will come you into a forward head posture. Your basic is your, is your chin rotates upward and you bring your head forward. You're basically what they tell you to do the first thing. You see somebody in stress in his arms, roll them on the back and tilt your chin up. They'll go in their hair. That's what you're doing. When you see these people with forward head postures trying to have they're trying to help themselves breathe. They're totally unconscious of that, but that's what your body's doing. And then when you do that, you create the lower of your skull that makes you find the balance of your spine and your head forward. And because this is holding, you know, weight in your hands, you can extend your arm out. Everything, your pec has to relax because you've got to retract all your toy and everything else to keep the weight from falling. Or if you're going to curl, you know, you got to flex your bicep, your tricep. You bring your head forward. Everything in the front of your body is down because everything in the back has to keep your head from falling forward. And so it all these issues. I had a lady I did uh, her last week. I saw her Tuesday. 
you just said is you know one thing after another so it was almost started like as a kid they need to be sucking their thumb a little bit to shape their mouth and then at the same time i was hearing if the tongue you know if that's not shaped correctly and then like the tongue underneath is not uh, as elongated as it should be then you have this cascade of issues that you could see through high school you can see through college maybe they're adults and they're having problems and i saw on your website you know, they're looking all crooked, and then that's before, and then after, they're kind of, stri- you know, they're definitely straighter yeah. and, and everything. I'm like, what are we selling here? Is this a dentist, a chiropractor, <laughs> a, a physical therapist? Like, what is happening? And everything you just explained, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that stuff makes sense. I could, I've heard that before, but in, like, you know, chiropractic yeah. land. And so um, that's a, it blows my mind because we definitely need to be considering that, possibly looking into these things because, you know, we can adjust all day. But sometimes it's like, wow, what's the root cause? If that's the root yeah, cause – well, heck, I don't, I don't have to sell you on a 10 to 20 visit plan to get your curve back and all this kind of stuff when you can go down the street and potentially take care of that and then come see me to like fine tune the structural stuff in your neck and the muscles and everything so that it goes away faster. Well, you know, I don't have to tell you muscle bone all day long and what mm-hmm. muscles your nervous system cells in fight or flight all the time. You know, I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to watch my lecture that I gave the American Academy of Comprehensive Integration great medicine back in the day, but stuff telling the story to try to get people to kind of open up their minds a little shock. My dearest friend in dentistry has a daughter who's this great little athlete kid, personable, a lot of friends. When she got well, she started stuttering, and it got so bad that her, you know, people started making fun of her, and she just lost all her self all her self esteem. Her father spent well over a hundred thousand dollars probably trying to get her to help her. He went to Europe to find school over there; they couldn't help her. And by the time she was fourteen, fifteen years old, she was just a behavioral nightmare. She was sneaking in night turns, tricks to make money so she could buy alcohol, drugs, cigarettes. It was just horrific. And no amount of counseling did a thing for she just angering the kid because she was now less sad than she was before. And
so it was hard for her to the only she breathes well is when she's sucking on cigarettes. The cigarettes cured with ammonia. She's taking a whack off of them, smelling sauce baked, basically, that helps open up her airway. She can't quit smoking. That's why she bought fingernails, but brings to her jaw forward, and that opens her airway and comes her back. And I mean, John's eyes roll, and he starts to tear up, and heck, I'm tear up. I mean, I'm just going to hold cows. So we start studying this guy. We went to Tacoma, Washington for once a month, a little over a year or so, almost two years. Now we went every quarter for another year or so. And we just saw some amazing things. We saw a guy with, who was in a wheelchair with MS, who was a very wealthy real estate developer up there. And once Dr. Rob got this guy's tongue out of his mouth with these little appliances that he made, uh, the guy out of the wheelchair. He bought Robson a building in Tacoma and built him a teaching facility. Robson just passed away about two or three years ago. And uh, anyways, that's, but he never, ever talked about the frenulum or the frenulum of the tongue being a problem. And so we just all made these appliances were very, very difficult to make because you had to balance them so well and I had to do all these other things. And then about, for me, about three, three and a half years ago, uh, I had a patient that had all the signs and symptoms of needing one of these appliances. So I'm ready to take her teeth and she her tongue up and I looked down there and I went, oh my gosh, you got a tongue tie. Have all these people, I've made all these appliances for all these years. <laughs> Could have been so much easier. I never saw it. Never said a word about it. Nobody ever talks about this stuff. So, you know, doing a little below procedure on me for free, I would love to try and release this ligament on your tongue to see if it will help you. And if it doesn't, I'll make the appliance, but I'll get free. It won't cost you anything for me to for, for you to be my guinea pig. And you crazily said, yeah. And so. I did it at that time, the way I do it on newborns, it's a laser, still laser, and it just, she was thrilled. I mean, she turned her head to the left. She said, I haven't been able to do this for 30 years. That was instant. And I'm going, Who would have thought? Oh, gosh, what the heck have I just done? And so I started looking more, and it's a God thing. I think I a patient comes in, and like the next week, and you may have seen her picture on the website where she's photographing this short hair. She's a professional viola player, and she has been on physical therapy since she's eight years old for her money. She's just this hyper cutting back and all that moisture and playing a viola, not the best thing in the world for her. And uh, she had a friend out of state that had a tongue release, and it really helped her pain. And she wanted to know if I could, if she had one, if I could help her, she should have one. So I said, well, before we do this, let's. Uh, Trying to figure out something we can measure and see if it changes. And uh, it's just yeah. they do physical therapy every week. So it just stands up and she puts her heel against the wall, she puts her rear end against the wall, and then she has to really work hard to get her shoulders flat against them. And then when she does that, she can only get her head about six inches close to the wall. I mean, she's got her hands, all four fingers of her hands spread out behind her head, and she barely oh, man. I said, perfect, a big photograph of that on my phone. And then I uh, do the procedure. And when I finish the procedure, she stands up and her head within one finger, her index finger of the wall. And she stands an inch tall. She just lost four inches of curve. And what? I'm going, oh my God, what the heck have I found here? What's going on? So I 
call this friend of mine who's an orthodontist out in L.A. who does a lot of ortho to help airway problems. And so I called Bill, and I said, his name's like Bill Hayes, this great orthodontist there. I said, Bill, what the heck am I seeing here? Is this autonomics? Is this some type of fascia from the tongue? And he goes, you need to talk to Zagi. And I go, what's a Zagi? Oh, it's Dr. Zagi. He's here in L.A. He's a Harvard Medical School grad, E&D, maxillofacial surgeon, fellowships, and for all the stuff. So I get a hold of this guy, and he is a real excited to talk to me that he found somebody that was doing this stuff. So eventually got him back. You have a class so I can learn other than from the University of YouTube watching your surgery videos. So I went on. He sent me a link to some of his lectures where he showed the surgery procedure. He calls a functional frenuloplasty partial genioglossectomy. And I went, oh my gosh, look at that. And, but the patients were just phenomenal. And so I went out about a year and a half ago, I guess, first class, myself and three other dentists out there from California. And I've done over, I guess, 80 surgeries so far. And I did a young man uh, last week who I had done about four months before. Yeah, I was a total tongue tie. He has a good brother. They're both really athletic, but they, his brother was a little All-American at a small college last Oh my gosh, it's just gone. But he still had a couple other little tight areas I could stick against 
thinking, oh, I'm going to do this, but I'm getting the heck out of here. This is way too deep in here for my comfort. And I did that. He just, his eyes flew open. He said, the whole back of my head from the top of my cranium down my neck all the way to my pelvis just flooded with warmth and relaxed. He said, this is unbelievable. And the most remarkable experience of my 47 years of being a dentist. Wow. Okay, so a couple quick follow-ups then on this. How how about the long-term results? You know, once they healed, life comes back to normal. Hopefully they're doing, like you said, some of that tongue muscle yeah, training I'm, before I'm and after. Um, I mean, I've, done, I've only been doing this for about three years, and I've had to redo a couple of cases, not a couple, probably about 15 or so out of 80 that developed some scar tissue, and you just gone at least the and maybe a little bit more because I think I'm not, you know, I'm not a rookie, but I'm pretty much a rookie doing this stuff. But there's nobody else around here that does it or not, even knows what we're talking about. So if I have to go the second time, there's no charge whatsoever. I'm happy to do it because I'm running a year But yeah, I, had a, I may have seen the, the video of the 72 year old physician who had a 50 year dating migraines and within 24 hours of doing her, her migraines. Gone, but she still reacted to her pressure changes. And uh, I learned about the lower lip, mandibular lip by accident. And for uh, post op, she was doing great. Her migraines reacted fronts with through the area, you know, thunderstorm and stuff. And uh, so we got some tension down here in your lower lip, and I've done some, a couple of these on that, and I've had a release of tension. And she some tension on my left side. I said, okay, let's see if this will happen. I did her lower lip, and tension on her left side was gone immediately. But the weird thing was, it tremendously improved her reactions to barometric pressure changes. I have no clue how in the world that works. But she says, now, she either doesn't react to the barometric pressure change, or if she does, it's a headache that's easily taken up with a towel or something like that. Considered like an oddball dentist, then oh, for like just, even playing in this oh, realm. I'm oddball. I've been an oddball dentist for over 30 years. I quit doing mercury filling. I see you're a mercury, mercury free, free as well. <laughs> no root canals, no fluoride. I do acupuncture stuff. Uh, you know, I, I see all types of patients. A lot of cancer patients, Lyme patients, and the dental connections to their diseases. And so I've been doing that for years now. And uh, I've been ridiculed. I've been brought before the state board. Unfortunately, the state board, because of the stuff that I use for homeopathics, uh, you know, I haven't prescribed in 30 years. It's a threat to the population. <laughs> the president of the state, <laughs> I don't agree with your theory of practice. That 
right or me wrong in your way. I don't agree with it. I don't understand that. And so they dismissed all charges that were brought by this Ronald that boy. I fired for stealing from me. So, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, I lost a lot of you know, friends from Dallas who thought I was crazy, but oddly enough, the worm is turning. I just came back from Las Vegas two weeks ago. There were a thousand attendees at a meeting between three organizations, two that are relatively new, and one that's relatively old. ACAM, you familiar with ACAM, the Academy, the American College of Non Alternative Medicine, something like that. But uh, it's physicians, DOs, and uh, MDs. Oh. And, uh, that recognize heavy metal toxicity and you know, a lot of those other things. And then the American Academy of Physiologic Medicine is about five years old, and then the American Academy of Oral Systemic Health. And uh, there were thousands of attendees, and they were talking about root canal toxicity and mercury and fluoride. And oh my God, just finally, close <laughs> to the end of my career. I've been espousing or have finally become more recognized. I've been in my own little cave, little stick for all these years. Don't socialize with very many dentists other than those that are like-minded, but it's so great to meet some of these guys. Yeah, so the long answer to your question, I'm yeah. an oddball. <laughs> well, I almost had a dentist that, you know, kind of in your realm, and uh, she was really nervous about... I guess getting on the radar too much or something. So the the interview actually never happened. I just you know stopped pursuing it. But it's great to see that you know there are other dentists kind of doing this because you're you're what seventy three, seventy four. So we got a seasoned vet here, y'all, <laughs> on the show. Yeah. Um, okay. So as a doctor, you know, chiropractor, physical therapy. You know, we're looking at a patient that got these symptoms. What is one or two steps that we can do to evaluate maybe the tongue to say, oh, you should go see a dentist that does this because maybe this will help you? Like, what are something that we could be, you know, look for in an exam? Well, the, you know, the first thing I'm okay is you know, when you're looking at these patients, look, you know, if you've got jaw issues, uh, headaches, migraines, neck, back, facial pain, you know, issues. Things that I look for besides that are, you know, questions about doking. Do they choke very often? Is it hard for them to swallow pills, big capsules? Do they have ear dreams, nightmares, my terrors? That is because the airway closes, they get this gigantic shot of adrenaline. And it just makes their mind kind of go wacky. And my wife, who uh, never heard for her, never asked for air. Every morning she'd wake up and she had this horrific nightmare she had along. And I used to think, God, your father must have beat you like a bar of you or something. You're a kid. I don't know what in the world. What a weirdo. But then Robson talked about that fact when he was talking to Don about, you know, did she have night terrors as a kid? And I said, well, that's because of this adrenaline. She's sleeping. Her airway becomes so compromised or closed that she'll get this shot of adrenaline. And it makes them have these weird dreams. And they don't have to be nightmares or night terrors. But they just see real action dreams and wake up a lot. Or when they wake up in the morning, like it's three bear cubs have been in there wrestling like you know, because they're constantly flipping yeah. over back and forth, tearing up their bed because they're trying to get to read better. But then you start to look at the tongue. You want to have them open as wide as they can, comfortably not stretch or hurt themselves, but to open as wide 
comfortable with it. And then you measure that distance between the edges of their upper teeth to their lower teeth. And then you have them close. And you see how much overlap there may be between the upper teeth and the lower teeth. And so if they can look four millimeters, but when they close their upper teeth, however, they level front teeth by three millimeters, and that's a 43 millimeter opening. <laughs> Take their tongue, touch from behind their up front teeth, a little soft, fleshy mouth, and feel for that, and then try to open as wide as they can, still maintain contact in that fleshy spot. Okay, so get to where they're right at the limit of they can keep contact. Then you measure the distance and say that distance is 21 millimeters. We divide 21 by 43, or it is, and it's 90%. So they definitely have a tongue problem. Called the function of the total tongue range motion measurement. So that, that lets you know oh. that there is there. Then the, uh, one of the other things you just have them see if they can suck their tongue against their palate and make what we call the cave. You know, that, that's, you float your tongue up against your palate as far as you can and open and hold that there oh. and measure that. And that's usually even less a lot of times than the tip of the tongue to the size of papillae. Have them stick their tongue out. If there's an indention in the tip of the tongue that kind of looks like a heart, you know, the top of the heart is it kind of caves in or a plumber's crack as a other way to look at it. That's a really tight frenum. Uh, if they lift their tongue up and that frenum is real thick and wide, that's a big issue, you know. So those are the things that you're looking for. And one of the ways that you can okay. do is measure, take that measurement and divide the, the smaller distance by the larger distance, and that gives you a ratio. And if it's 80% or more, which is more normal, they're fine. And if they're, you know, below, 65 below and have these symptoms, yeah, you need to you need to see somebody probably uh, because they may have what's called a posterior tongue. And uh, what's really interesting is I have a very good friend who's a pediatrician. And, uh, it's kind of an alternative. He's been with a bunch of alternative seminars and interested in it, but he doesn't do a whole lot of stuff in his practice because he's got a traditional practice where he's got multiple partners. Anyway, he gave a bunch of grief when I started doing releases on newborns because we go near scissors as soon as they're born and just clip them. I said, but, you know, you're not happy. Total friend of all you're clipping is the mucosal attachment. You're not clipping the submucosal attachment most of the time, and, and you sure as my heck not getting down to the genioglossal muscle, which is posture. I've never even heard of a posture tongue So I showed him Zagi's surgeries. He goes, That's amazing. Nobody knows anything about that. Nobody does this. I said, Exactly. We've all missed it for you know how many hundreds of thousands of years, and uh, just now we're becoming aware of it. What's interesting, he's had chronic neck pain forever, and I did his talk about three months ago. He's doing better, and, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's something that medicine and dentistry has overlooked for never in a day. I think it has huge effects on the overall health. Yeah, because if you're apnic, you're more prone to heart attack and stroke. You're more prone to all kinds of problems with mouth breathing because it can, you know, that drives your mouth out. You're more prone to cavities. You're more prone to gum disease. You're more prone to clenching and grinding because when you clench and grind, what you're trying to do is create some muscle bone in the back of your throat to help open your airway. And when you get the touch in there, 
there. Wow, so it all comes back to breathing. It comes back to breathing. It really does. It's 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 what I most fun to have that in water. And, uh, you know, so it's. Well, that's really, it's interesting because some of the stuff that you're talking about, I'm like, hmm, I don't remember learning about some of this stuff. Or if I did, you know, it's kind of one of those, maybe you learned it, but probably never tested on it. And I don't know in the, in normal dentist school, if how much of some of these specific things that you're referring to are, are, are learned very well, strongly, we but I'm pretty it. sure a pediatrician. Oh, that was okay, well, then there we go. years ago, but dentistry's changed, but and changed in a lot yeah. of ways. And fortunately, they're less merciful. They still fluoride is a horrific neurotoxin carcinogen. They're still doing root canals by the bazillions every year, and they're really toxic and harmful. And uh, take out teeth without cleaning out. Real quick. I'm creating what I call cavitation in the jaw, which just becomes septic dumpsters in your jaw for the rest of your life. Let me do this. The, the connection's a little bit We'll see how it turns out. So I want to recap the what can you look for to make sure that uh-huh. I got it right, and then the, it'll have a it'll be real clear. And then I want to ask you about some root canals. So the big takeaway, of course, they have the headaches, they have the TMJ problem, tension. They they're not sleeping good. They're gasping for air. Maybe they have uh, night tremors. But for exam wise, if they open their mouth, it's forty one millimeters. Awesome. And then they put their tongue on the back of their front teeth. Yeah, they're t- but they're touching. They're not just trying to touch the back teeth. They're trying to touch that little right behind their upper front teeth. So their tongue's gonna be between right. Okay, so that part of the gum. Okay, so you're at the gum line and you're opening it. And at that point, you measure how far it is. And like you said, if it, you divide the small number versus the top number, if it's anything over 80, you're pretty good. If it's anything less between 70 to 60, you're like, ah, yeah. maybe you should go get a consultation. There might yeah. be something going on. And like, if they can't even stick their tongue out or if it has like a weird dimple or like a, a, a heart shape or something, you know, just it looks like it's a stressed piece of yeah. meat. <laughs> it's probably... It's probably from yeah. uh, from something like that. Before we chat about root canals, because I'm always kind of curious about that, are there any organizations or websites that have people like you? Because obviously not everybody's going to live in Dallas or Los Angeles, but they might be like, hey, this is really resonating with me. Yeah, they go to Dr. Zaghi. He is the premier guy. <clears throat> He's the guy that developed this particular surgical technique called the functional frenuloplasty. If they go to the com, they can see Dr. Zaghi's ambassadors, and those are people that have taken his, his uh, courses and her surgery or their mouth therapist. Or, I mean, but there are you know, a lot of dentists. The Bree. And what was the site one more time? Institute.com. Okay. Institute, com. Okay. All right. Okay. So I've I've looked up a few times and, you know, some chiropractors, they're really into this fringe stuff. They're like anti-vaccines and all this stuff, which I'm not that guy. Talking to one of them. You know, like den- mercury-free dentistry all sort of fits into that same, I guess, uh, quote, conspiracy theory of medicine. And one of the things was root canals. They're like, never get a root canal. It's really bad and all this stuff. But like, it's probably one of the most common procedures you see in a dentist office. So what's what's going on that? What's an alternative? Well, I go mercury theory that it's a conspiracy. Mercury is the second most toxic element on a chemical periodic table. It's a neurotoxin carcinogen, and it is uh, aside of plutonium, the most toxic element we have. You put the theory is is that you mix mercury, silver, copper, tin, and zinc. You make this amount. You the mercury is bound to the uh, that metal, and it doesn't leak. 
and that's of sickness and falls. It lose 24 hours a day the rest of your life because it'll take about 200 years for all that mercury to leach out of that filling. And you inhale that mercury and it absorbs through your skin, passes through your mucosa, your mouth. You inhale it, you swallow it. It's stored in four prior areas, the lining of your gut, your liver, your kidneys, and your symptoms. It is a neurotoxin. It is horrifically dangerous. So this is assuming because the, are the dentists not doing a good job like binding it or covering it? Or even if you do it, the point is that it's still going to leak out. The point is that it's still going to leak. It's still going to leak. Every time you have a cup of coffee, every time you have uh, a hot meal, every time you chew oh. gum, if you clench and grind your teeth, that friction. Mercury has a vapor temperature. It's hardly above freezing for crying out loud. So that your body temperature causes it to outgas 24-7. There's huh. a thing called a Jerome Mercury Vapor Tester. They use them in the submarines and houses where there's mercury and switches and environments. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a little story. And this thing measures mercury vapor in the air, and they use it to test in submarines. You, know, you drop a, you bring a bomber at a school, they evacuate the school and bring in a hazmat team. What? The average filling has more mercury in it than a thermometer, for God's sake. Huh. So what's interesting, when we take mercury fillings out, we have to take that residue and put it in a hazardous container, put it in your mouth. Go figure that conundrum out, will you? Tell me how that makes sense. Because it's a big know? deal to get those cavities out, or those, uh, that mercury out of your mouth. I mean, y'all got like hazmat suits on everywhere. I mean, nobody wants that in the air. Yeah, and, uh, but it's in your mouth, and you're, you're absorbing it 24 hours a day. But, uh, um, and so back to root canals, so I'll get off my mercury. <laughs> well, let me, I'll tell you okay. one other thing. If you go on my website, there's a, there's a video of two ladies, their sisters, and they're sitting there, and I'm talking to them. And the one on the left has had grandma seizures for about 15 years. And the seizures would last, uh, or the effects of the seizures would last for weeks to, to a month or more. She wound up losing her job in years because of seizures. And see me, she found out I'm one of these weirdos and it was something dentally that's affecting her. Well, I do kinesiology all day long and she's eating up with mercury. So I put her on a mercury detox. She stopped seizing. So I had a virus in her brain along with the mercury. And uh, anyway, I put her on a detox. She quit seizing in about two or three days. Oh, you know? that's something. And uh, so, and I, you know, there's another video on her engineer and uh, she had to quit because she was losing her vision just because of the mercury from she took Phyllis out and talked to her and now she teaches uh, math in college. She found her, her calling as a teacher. And, uh, Could so, they also and, have like mental fatigue and tired and they're not remembering quite things like they used to? Depression. I was going to tell you a story. I, I didn't want to bore you but I bought a dental practice in 1976 <clears throat> Down in East Texas, and uh, the practice had been started back in the late 40s. The original dentist, this little building, had three uh, three treatment rooms in it, and uh, uh, this unfortunately, he and the whole family were building a car wreck, and then another dentist bought it. He practiced there for a while, and he sold it, and then I bought it from him, sold it to me in 1976. And I moved to East Texas. 
with my family. And I became overnight, I became incredibly depressed, became suicidal. I went to Okay, luckily for me, knock on wood, I've never had a cavity. I got, I'm good. So you're awesome. Thank you. And I don't know because my mom doesn't have good teeth, and my grandma didn't either. So I don't know. I must have my dad's. He went to the dentist. Like I think the joke is, he'd go once every ten years or something like that, and he still wouldn't have a cavity, or like he'd have one cavity or something like that. And the dentist was just like, "What? You're the worst patient ever." But I'm just, I'm glad your teeth are okay. (laughs) But anyway. It's a very common procedure. If you're not going to have it, like, what are some of the the, the downfalls? Why why would why would you be against it? And then, if you can't have that, and you quote are a candidate, what would you do instead? Okay, well, I've probably in my career done over a thousand rounds, and uh, I was convinced their potential uh, for damage by Dr. Dietrich Klinghart. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Klinghart, but He's an orthopedic surgeon from Germany with a PhD in the ongoing nervous system, and I started studying him in 1990. But uh, the real problem with root canals is the fact that if you get a sponge and you got a hole in the center of it, you have this canal, a big canal of this sponge, and if you pour concrete into that hole and it sets up, is that going to keep that sponge from absorbing water? No, because of the porous. A tooth is like a sponge. The, the material in the enamel is called dent. And the average molar has about three miles of what are called dental tubes in them, these little microscopic tunnels that go from the nerve chamber to the outside of the tooth in the socket. That's for the transfer of fluids in and out of that tooth. It helps nourish that tooth and keep it healthy and alive. And when you do a root canal, you just fill a big hole in the center of the tooth down to the tip of the but you don't do squat for all those other canals. And so you get viruses and bacteria, all kinds of crud in there. And a lot of the, you know, most of the time there's this aerobic bacteria that gets into the tooth from the decay. When you clean that out, you get, totally get rid of all of those, but you don't never get rid of all of them. Some die from lack of oxygen, some mutate to anaerobes, and the toxins from an anaerobe are more from aerobic bacteria. 
Haley at the University of Kentucky. He's a professor emeritus at the University of Kentucky. And he developed a test on affinity labeling technology or affinity labeling. What, if, what he was doing with this test was to determine the toxicity or toxic of certain substances against the seven most important enzymes in the human body that these toxic substances would affect these enzymes. And so he did all kinds of chemicals and different things that he would dilute to almost homeopathic uh, dilutions and, and measure them against these seven enzymes. Well, Dr. Howes, who's kind of the father of alternative dentistry or biological dentistry or whatever you want to call it, uh, kept sending Dr. Haley uh, these extracted root canal teeth because he wanted to test them for toxicity. And Haley said, you know, these teeth have been, uh, they're, they're sterile, you know, they've had root canals, they cleaned all that out. I'm not going to waste my time. But Huggins wouldn't get up, he just kept sending more and more extracted teeth. And finally, Dr. Haley got tired of him, and uh, Huggins had sent him two more teeth to test, and finally had a lab assistant, student assistant, or something like that, says, run these through the test and get this guy <laughs> off my back. And it's just wasting our time. But anyway, I, mean, I can get him off my back. So they don't do it. The guy kid comes back and you know, runs through it. So the guy said, yes, the two most toxic substances we've ever had in our laboratory. <laughs> what we find is that root of teeth can produce thioethers and methylmercaptans, which are incredibly toxic and carbonogenic. Are they like, they contain the tooth so they don't leak out, though? Oh. No, that's what it is. They leak oh. out it the tooth after you've done a root canal on the tooth. So basically, you've got a piece of tissue in your body <clears throat> that you think is all safe and hunky-dory. Well, if your immune system is strong, maybe you can break it. But there are a lot of people whose immune systems, because of our diet, we live in an electromagnetic fog now. We're sling bombarded with you know, internet and Wi-Fi, and now we're going to have five even worse for far as what it can do to us. And human beings have never lived in this kind right. of environment. And, you know, we're an electrical, energetic organism, like all organisms. We're affected by all this stuff, even though we may not recognize it at the time, we're affected by this. And then you add this element, then you add a diet where everything we eat's got, you know, Roundup or glyphosate in it, sugar, and all, I mean, you know, on and on and right. on. And so our systems are under attack constantly. Then you add this on top of it, you know, mind modeling. And uh, but that, along with the mercury, mercury has an atomic structure that's almost identical to iodine. So what happens when you have a mercury filling? You have some boron, which is one of the most reactive elements on the planet that has a, a, a structure that loves iodine. Mercury and fluoride, where they go? They go right to your thyroid. You totally wipe out your thyroid over time. Mm. Because, you know, why would, you know, one of them have so many obese people. Obviously, we have crappy Yeah, a lot of thyroid issues these days. They may have, yeah, and so you get fluoride that wipes out the iodine. You've got mercury devices that, uh, you know, anyway. And then there's the fun thing that you should be learning here over there is that every tooth is on a different acupuncture meridian. Uh-huh. <laughs> your front four teeth, your lower front four teeth, for example, are on acupuncture meridians. Your reproductive organs, your bladder, your kidney, ovaries, prostate. Uh, All that stuff. And penis. 
22 years ago, I had a guy bring his wife in to see me with chronic rectal bleeding. I'm going, you know, I'm at the top of the tube, but I don't work down at the bottom. <laughs> wrong was, doc, y'all. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I said, why are you here? And he said, well, I'm reading about how your teeth can affect areas of your body, and we did a such, such and such medical school, the Mayo Clinic, or not Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, Cleveland uh, Clinic up there that's like the internal medicine mecca of the world. They scoped my wife's rear head from one end to the other. They can't find anything. Every time she has a bowel, it's just this painful, bloody mess. They can't find anything. They say it's all emotional. So how long has it been going on? For nine years, 28 wow. years old. And uh, we're just looking for some answers. Can there be tooth related? So. I said, oh, I guess I could. I've never heard of it, but I'll check. And so he made beautiful fillings, and uh, but she has a canal in her right front tooth, the most perfectly done porcelain carbon on it matches the other tooth perfectly, which is the hardest thing in dentistry. But I must test this tooth, and it tests terrible. Mm. And they talk about acupuncture, so I'm trying to get out of the record, and I'm going there. So I just have her touch her uh, in her tailbone, uh-huh. and then I have her touch her tailbone, and I touch her tooth, and she talks about the well, that was, you know, was definitely a connection. You can't make it this diagnosis just off of muscle test. The x-ray looks good. I don't see anything wrong with that. I would suggest you go see somebody else that, that would even consider such a cockamamie idea. And, uh, but don't tell them what I found. And you, uh, I'm not going to tell them that he let him do his diagnostic stuff. And this is Naturopath uses uh, electroacupuncture according to Vol. I'm not sure if you're familiar with EAV mm-hmm. testing for they they test the energy off you know the back of body points on your fingers and toes and stuff. Anyway, it's the same thing. But you know, I didn't talk to her. She didn't know what. I was having the tooth taken out, which is great for a twenty-eight-year-old girl. You know, twenty-seven-year-old And uh, anyway, we took it out. Rectal bleeding stopped that night, and has never come back. I referred over 200 patients to me over the past 20 years. My goodness. So, you know. So what do you do if you don't get it? If you need a root canal, you got an issue. Do you just yank the tooth and put an implant or a bridge or what happens? You put a bridge. You can put a you do an implant with a ceramic implant instead of a titanium implant. A titanium implant just acts as a for all the EMFs that we're bombarded with every day, and that affects your acupuncture energy. And I think the ceramic implant has less toxicity issues and been used in Europe now for over 30 years. It's been in America for a really good short time, and, but uh, and not every dentist or implantologist out there uses ceramic, but I'm certain that ceramic going to have an implant. Um, okay. It's a patient's choice, and I try to give them all the pros and cons of everything. Because implants aren't cheap. And, uh, and stir body. No, they're not. No, they're not, but neither is <laughs> yeah. rectal bleeding. Nothing like a little rectal bleeding to ruin your day, I tell you. I'm telling you what. Well, this has been an eye-opening episode. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely is a different vibe. I'm really enjoying this because this is all kind of, you know, questions that people have. I think I have. It's it's good to see someone like in your path, in your stage of your career, who's been willing to explore new options and things like that. Do you have any advice for the younger crowd, whether they're out of school for five years or maybe in school, any takeaways for them or things that they should look for while they start their career, even if they're in the middle of their career and they want to change or anything? Um, it just, 
be patient, kind to yourself. I mean, I got out of dentistry for eight years after I had my back surgery. I swore I would dig a ditch before I would pick up a dental drill again. I hated it so much, what it did to me, what it did eventually to my family. Got a divorce in the real estate business. And uh, immediately I was outside. I was with some guys and building apartments and duplexes. And I was buying land, helping negotiate, putting in streets and sewers and stuff. And I was out in the front here all day long. And I loved it. I thought I would never do this. And I did that for seven years. And I made a small fortune. And then in year eight, I lost a really big fortune. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, I owned, happened to be in a partnership with three other guys. And we owned a building that our inspector hadn't done a very good job in, and it had asbestos. Oh, no. And it was probably one of the asbestos was on the front page of the paper every day. This is 1988, huh. 85, 86, Anyway, uh, going, going bankrupt. And, you know, I had to take care of family. I had kids in college. To, uh, my marriage was on the ropes. We were getting ready to have them get divorced. And, and But I had kids in college, and they could take them as best I could. It was totally a God thing. I think I missed calls me in Dallas and he uh, had invented a piece of dental equipment that was going to save the world from AIDS and uh, needed to spend all his time on it. Would I then take over his practice and just give me practice? You know, I haven't practiced in eight years. He said, oh, I was just like riding a lot of my talk. And um, anyway, I came up eventually decided to do it and it really was like riding a bicycle but but the industry had changed quite a bit by that time they were doing years things that I hadn't seen before but it wasn't that hard to adapt to it but um, I had a lady come in the office that totally changed my life in my practice and she was a cranial sacral therapist and I had no idea what a cranial sacral therapist was and uh, if you do any kind of neck pain, TMJ. By that time, I'd gotten really interested in TMJ and pain, and I'd been studying with Janet Travell. I don't know if that name brings up to you, but you know, she's the lady that coined the term trigger points and myofascial, yeah. or my, uh, you know, myofascial trigger points and stuff, and wrote two Bibles on that, two textbooks on that. Anyway, I was fortunate to start studying with her. And so this lady so you need to know about cranial cycle therapy. We should go over to my offices right down the street. Here's this afternoon. I'll show you what it's all about. Over there, and I get on the table, and uh, she puts her hands under my head. It's to my still point, but I didn't know what a still point This is to be fire. I'm in sleep. It's like she put secret, you know, karate for me or something. I was on the sleep. I would wake up, and she'd have her hands on my shoulders or under my back. After about an hour, she popped me on the feet and told me to wake up. But what did you do to your hips? So what do you mean? Did your hips are trash? They're
I can't tell you how blessed I feel that I got back into dentistry. And so those guys that are out there searching, you know, you, you've got to you gotta find your niche. And when you do, never go to work. You don't need to find what you love. You never go to work. And I have no intentions of retiring. I love what I do as long as the work can keep my mind halfway decent. Right? You know, no <laughs> mumble through. I'll try to keep practice as long as people want to see me. You know, I just feel totally blessed. And I got back into it and this and on this stuff because there's no greater you know this there's no greater sensation than helping someone get out of pain i mean you just feel like the hands have gone right through you you've been Indeed. a pretended witness in a small miracle yeah sometimes they're big miracles and they're just you know, why would anybody ever do this and what's wild is we get so used to it that it just becomes like commonplace. Like, yeah, no, they got better. Oh, that one patient didn't get better. Or if they don't reply, you spawn. You're like, well, wait, you're, you're supposed to get better. Yeah, wrong. you're supposed to get better. Like, I just assume you're going to get better. Like, that's my assumption, you know? Yeah. And you kind of forget, like, what you're doing, yeah. you know, how amazing it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to be reminded. We appreciate that. Before we go, do you happen to have any uh, favorite books or I don't know if you podcast these days or read much, but. Any, anything that we should definitely oh, look we, into? Uh, I, I mean, we, my wife and I just sold our farm and moved back into Fort Worth to try to downsize grandkids. And stuff. And, uh, I'm a bookaholic. My car can't go past Barnes & Noble without turning in. It's in a couple hundred bucks. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I just I read all the time. I don't read fiction. Uh, I just read nonfiction for whatever weird reason. I love to learn. I'm not a weird stuff. And I love, I'm with love, you. It's me the greatest thing that's ever happened is YouTube. I mean, I watch some of the weirdest videos. My wife goes, what are you watching? I'm watching this. He's the woodworker. He's doing the most amazing things with these hand tools. <laughs> she goes, you're crazy. <laughs> no, uh, I just just finished a wonderful movie. We cry like a baby reading a book by Tom Rinaldi called The Red Bandana. And I can't recommend it highly. I just finished it a couple of days ago. It's just amazing. It's a little thin book. You can finish it like flowers. But it's just, I mean, it's still, I think about it, Ma. I just, uh, Do Amazon search and get a, get a synopsis on that one. Well, Dr. Alan Sprinkle, live from China in Dallas today. Well, I'm in Fort Worth, really. Fort Worth, okay. And my practice is, is right between Dallas and Fort Worth and Arm. Texas down Jerry World and the Dallas Cowboy football stadium. Oh, yeah. Y'all beat our boys the Saints the other day. So sad. Yeah. It's hard for me. I'm a Cowboys and I'm a big Jerry, but uh, unfortunately, I grew up in Dallas with the Cowboys when I was in high school when I first arrived on the scene and I was a Dallas, Texas fan initially because they got there, the Cowboys, the Texans moved to Kansas City and became the Chiefs. I always loved New Orleans Saints and, you know, the, oh gosh, who was the trumpet player? New Orleans had a strong player that started the Saints, you know, years ago. Anyway, love the Saints and uh, uh, the gentleman that owns the Saints just passed away, Tom Benson. I used to live in San Antonio years ago. I know the, the Benson family a little bit. Good guy. People the Saints. So excited for him. Got their franchise turned around and won the Super Bowl. So it was real hard for me to that was a heck of a football day. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I really appreciate you being on. What is your website? My website is the worst named website, uh, but it's a relief alternatives. 
and it stands for headache relief alternatives. And it just uh, it's a bunch of videos. Just I just changed the, the format. It's still uh, not totally uh, up to snuff. We're still making some corrections, but if, if people would like to look at, it, there's a lot of videos on there from my patients, and, and it talks about some of the things that we do. Yeah, hareliefalternatives.com. It'll be in the show notes, y'all. And, uh, and if anybody has any questions, if they would like to, you know, to call and talk to me, my cell phone is at 1-7-980-3957. Happy to talk to you. Just uh, reference um, this podcast with just I'm happy to give you my thoughts and opinions on something. If you live in a city somewhere outside Texas or outside Dallas Fort area and just try to find somebody there or closer to you that me that can help you that fine. But I have patients that have come all over the world to follow a big practice and uh, I'm right next to the airport almost. So it's easy for people to come in to see me. I'm happy to help me any way I can. It's uh, well we want to go out of this world. It's helping some people before I leave. So That wraps up another episode. I want to remind everybody that we have some great affiliate links available. If you're into instrument-assisted soft tissue manipulation, we've got the Edge tool and we've got the Hawk Grips. Saves you about 10%. Also with the Edge, you've got the uh, like blood pressure cuff restriction system. You've got the G Suite inexpensive EMR in case you'd like doing cash practice. If you want to know what hosting I use for podcasting, it's Blueberry. Pure VPN. That's one of those ones I use to help keep my payments secure as well as access the internet more safely. You've got the Primal Paleo grass-fed protein bone broth style. Save 10% on that. No sugar, allergy-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, all those types of things. Mentor box. Get taught by the author. We got set for set for those floss bands that you may have heard about on one of the episodes. Really like those. Any Amazon products that you might want, click the link in the show notes pages. And of course, I got my own electric acupuncture pin to go with the No Needle Acupuncture book. From time to time, you know, I'll have a bundle set where you can get them all together for a great price. I also have the free downloads at doctorsperspective.net slash blueprints. And what lately I've been doing is substituting a fifth one. Like I've done a knee and depending on the guest, I might do a different type. So check back there. So all those resources can be found at doctorsperspective.net slash resources. There's also t-shirts at .net slash t-shirts. Put up some new designs from time to time, like making lemons out of lemonade, shrimp po' boy, plus all the chiropractic and podcast swag that you could want. If you have any ideas for guests, please send me an email, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. I'd love to hear who you think would be good or a profession that you may not have heard yet. If you can, send me a review. That's .net slash subscribe, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Android devices. You just click that button. It'll take you exactly to the page you need to. You can write a review, hopefully a five-star review. Like I said, it does help for other people to discover what we're doing here. And we've got over 100 episodes. This is going to be like our third year. Super excited. We're going to have a little mini-series like we've been doing, which has been fun. Hope you've enjoyed them as well. That's, that's the feedback I've gotten. And one thing I haven't really talked about too much is the doctorsperspective.net slash support page. If you want to host a cup of coffee, go for it. If you want to pledge a little higher fee, there's buttons for that. There's even monthly recurring for those who feel like, wow, this is like the cheapest mentor coach program I've ever seen because you interview so many different kinds of doctors and, and I've been able to implement things that I've heard and it works. So monthly recurring payments, which also can get you my books for free, t-shirts for free. Uh, the first book, you know, that deals with health and exercise, getting on a diet, getting your financial health in order as well. Things I've learned in China. You know, that book is available as well. 
And one thing that I don't have, I don't have like a, a full-blown page about coaching and things, but there's a little button there. I've had people request, hey, doctors and non-doctors asking me, can I do more than just answer a couple of questions? Or could you be my coach for a little while? And I say, yeah, we can do that. So it's something I haven't really advertised, but it's something that I can do and do, whether it's marketing, some strategies for new patients, growth, those types of topics. If you're interested, just email me, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. As always, listen, critically think, and implement. Have a great week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.